Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Anti Up is your poker magazine dedicated to the everyday player and their poker rooms. Pick up a free copy at your favorite poker room nationwide each month. But Anti Up is much more than a magazine. Visit AntiUpMagazine.com daily for breaking news and each week download our award-winning poker cast. Join us on our action-packed poker cruises to exotic destinations. Anti Up, it's your poker magazine. From the Anti-Up headquarters in Tampa Bay, Florida, it's the Anti-Up PokerCast. And now, here are two guys who think they know how to play poker, Chris Casenza and Scott Long. It's December 11th, 2020. You're listening to the still somehow surviving PokerCast. I'm Chris Casenza. Bum, 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 <laughs> bum, bum. And I'm Scott Long. <laughs> Is that like our fading heartbeat? Yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, I've I've always wanted to uh, get trained in CPR. I'm kind of embarrassed that I'm not at age 48, uh, particularly now because I'm, you know, eating a lot of food and going to choke. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but but yeah, now that you said that, maybe I need to go out and and, and finally, this might be the kick I need to get that training so I can <laughs> keep the Annie at poker cast. We, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. next week when you say yeah, it's our final show or giving up, I'm going to have a heart attack. You're going to have to revive me, I think. Yeah, well, I think the problem is you you have a anti up DNR, so <laughs> hey, you benefit from that if I die. So, <laughs> oh my god, maybe I should tell you I want the show to go on forever. Then you'd have a heart attack and I'd benefit. Oh, a little <laughs> second level thinking. That's there. right, man. Level two. <laughs> I got this is a very exciting opening item, though. If you didn't have this item, we were definitely quitting the show. So. <laughs> It's a good thing you have this item. You save it for another week. Somehow you're... So all the listeners at home, uh, just so you know, I found this item this morning and saved the show permanently. So. You really Not permanently, just for another week. <laughs> I thought Scra- I could slip that permanently. No, 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 no. Scrapping it together. <laughs> all right. When the reboot of High Stakes Poker begins airing on the Poker Go Network on December 16th, the players won't be the only familiar faces. The original High Stakes Poker host Gabe Kaplan and AJ Benza will be calling the action again. And it's been more than a decade since that pair last hosted the show. So, wow. First of all, I can't even believe it's been 11 years since High Stakes Poker's been on. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's scary. That's almost the entirety of our company being in existence. So I, I didn't really realize that High Stakes, you know, took a bow, like, right after we got going. That's crazy. I know. It's crazy. Because I, you know, and you, they had that little bit of a period there where they kind of did some sort of stuff. And, and it was... It, but to say 11 years, that's remarkable. I mean, I just, I wonder if these guys are going to even look like or sound like, you know, because some people when they get older, kind of like Charlie Sheen, you know, they abuse their bodies and stuff, you know, their voices change and they, and I just wonder if these guys are going to have the same uh, quick wit and, and I know it's all in post editing and all that stuff, but uh, this is, this is good news. I, not that I'm going to pay extra money to, to watch it because I just, I just don't have time anymore with the stuff I'm doing, but I'm very happy for the poker community. This is a, this is a big deal. Uh, these guys are—they had perfect chemistry on the show, and they were funny as hell. And 
and it was good. It was good. We had AJ Benz on the show. He was hilarious. Yeah, that was one of my favorite shows. He was favorite great. show of all time. It was the one time we had to put the warning on there that we were going to have explicit, <laughs> explicit conversations and stuff. But uh, it was great, great. Um, so yeah, the only thing that, that's going to be more exciting than this is eleven years from now when we rekindle the Annie Poker Cast <laughs> with the original host. Oh man, the original host, Chris and Scott, are back. <laughs> uh, no, I second everything you said. I mean, Gabe, uh, it's always Gabe Kaplan goes all the way back to those really early World Series broadcasts. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, A.J. Benza with uh, what was that show that he was on there back in the day? Like the, it was like the Unsolved Mysteries or something like that, yeah, one of those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was fantastic. So I was a big fan of his even before he got on poker. So, yeah, that was uh, that was a little bit of a fanboy show for me when we had him on talking about that. And then right after that, then he, he was in uh, Rocky Balboa. That's right. Yeah. And I'm like, man, he was on our podcast. Yeah, that's right. And he, he kept asking me to go to L.A. and have dinner with him. Yeah. <laughs> I should have taken him up on that offer. Yeah. Spend $1,000 on airfare to have a $50 meal. Yeah, well, he might take you to a nicer place. <laughs> uh, but no, I, there wasn't a lot of... A lot of, not a lot of fanboy moments for for me on these past fifteen years, but the, that definitely was one. So, very happy that they're, they're uh, got the gang back together. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement with that. All right, Dan Bilzerian, the quote, unquote, king of Instagram, has been signed as a brand ambassador for GG Poker. Bilzerian, who plays at the highest stakes, has made a name for himself with outrageous posts showing himself basking in luxury with pretty girls, big yachts, and fast cars. That never worked for us, you know. Dan, if we didn't try, we though. Had, we just, yeah, just for a reason, Bill <laughs> we, was able to pull it off, and we couldn't. So. We gave it a shot. It, uh, <laughs> I think the best thing we ever did was probably spring for a nicer room at the I, you know, IP or something. $7 instead of free. That was about as good as it got for us. Oh, man. It's funny, when I first read this item, I was going to go all journalist on you and say, Scott, don't say brand new. That's redundant. And then I was like, wait a minute, brand new? Wait, it says new brand. New brand? Am I dyslexic? What's going on here? And then I'm like, oh, he's the new brand ambassador. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> what does a brand ambassador I mean, do? a brand new brand ambassador, if you want to really get <laughs> wordy. But uh, no, I mean, again, it's like, you know, like uh, like Poker Stars had, you know, those folks that they, uh, you know, go out and promote. Um, and speaking of poker stars, it's now you know Daniel Negrano is a GG Poker uh, brand ambassador um, with the Zerri. So yeah. it's the same idea. I mean, obviously um, uh, this guy gets the attention, right? So I mean, that's um, that's that's definitely um, a good way of getting the word out about your your brand and your product. Uh, the flip side of it, though, is he's very controversial. So it depends on you know what he's doing to get your <laughs> word out on your brand, whether that's good or, or bad for you. So high risk, uh, high return is what I would say with signing Bill's area. Well, they always say there's no bad publicity. Just make sure they spell GG poker, right? I'm sure is all they care about. So, right. Uh, it, it, yeah. And the, uh, the level of prudeness is much uh, lower in Europe where GG poker is than it is here in the States as well, too. Yeah, so, that's yeah. right. That's true. So the, the risk is probably a little less over there than it would be if it was here in, Cancer Culture USA. I forget now. Is is Bill Zarian the one? Does he have a like a twin brother or something? Or a, a, yeah, he's from the Tampa Bilzerian family. You know, the, right. his father was that uh, big corporate raider that's I believe still in prison now. But then, and they own the biggest house in the Tampa Bay area before they sold it. Um, so yeah. and didn't he like like 
wasn't he like an expatriate or something? He like renounces American citizenship. Was he the one uh, that did that? Some of that sounds familiar. I, I I don't want to say for certain, but it does certainly sound familiar. Yeah, I can't remember if it was him or his brother or, or something. If I'm getting confused, somebody else. But I think I remember that. But uh, yeah, he's always been pretty outrageous. So um, this should work well for GG Poker. Well, certainly it did uh, better than it worked for us. So yeah, <laughs> we see we have regular ambassadors. We don't have brand <laughs> ambassadors. Yeah, we, yeah, we don't brand ambassadors. Yeah, could have turned <laughs> our fortunes like around. You have to have a brand to have a brand ambassador. <laughs> working that fifteen years later, but <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you know, hey, you know, we're we're keeping the show going, Chris. Right? That's yeah. that's what we can say about this next item. So. Yeah. All right, so our our new good friend, we haven't even met him, but he is definitely a uh, Vic G level for us now. On <laughs> Keeping the show going. Paul Seaton, uh, he's back with yet another list of poker quotes, Chris, that he published on CalvinAir.com. This time from European Pro. So very European show this week. We're going global. <laughs> All right, here we go. We're going to alternate these like we always do. Yeah, you do the first one. All right. All right. The more you play, the more chances you get from Toby Lewis. Uh, yeah, water is wet, sky is very, blue. Very profound. <laughs> very, very, very deep, deep very from Toby there. I, the great thing is that I think there's only three people on this list that I know. Maybe four. <laughs> that was about it. Uh, so now, are we going to pontificate on each of these quotes? Cause uh, I, I guess, just just so the show is more than 12 minutes today. All right, so. well, that, that okay. first one was... All right, so yeah, so we both mocked that first one, as I, I think we should. But uh, but the, the point of it is, the more you get out and play, the more you learn, right? Yeah, so, the better you'll get. Exactly. So, yeah, so you know, if you, if you lose your first couple tournaments, don't take your ball and go home. Get back out there. And right. Keep... Uh, okay, the second quote is, the great thing about poker is you meet different people each time you play. Sam Grafton. Unless it's a home game. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, or home game, or on the high-stakes circuit, or, <laughs> you know, the same casino you go to. But, yeah. Yeah, or in high-stakes poker with things. Gabe and AJ. You probably know everybody around the table there. Uh, but, again, it speaks to the, the social aspect of, uh, of the poker, and... Um, you know, I did another interview with that CDC gaming report for their year end, and looking ahead to 2021's article that hopefully come out pretty soon. But that's one of the things that um, uh, one of the things he asked me. And I don't know if it, it's going to make it the article, but he asked uh, his home casino um, is not spreading limit games anymore since uh, they reopened after COVID. And um, you know, one of the things I mentioned to him, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm just pontificating here i haven't talked to any poker room managers but two things one um you know you're at reduced capacity now right so um you, you probably can't offer all the games you used to so you know a limit game could be a, a victim of that and two uh, the three six limit game um in most places is populated by those uh older players right yeah uh, the, the 10 a.m breakfast regular crowd right and uh, they are probably more um susceptible to covid and and may not be showing up so um so that that's one of those um things uh, but those folks are there more mostly for the social aspect of poker right more so than than anybody else so um but that's that's what's great about it and then we we, we segue into that into talking about some some uh, of our older friends that uh, you know who are at risk of covid but they're out there playing poker because you know the if they stay home that, that that's their social outlet, right? That's yeah. you know, so if they're staying home, they're going batty because they're by themselves, so their friends are playing poker and that's what you play. So um so I mean that's a little bit dangerous in the COVID world, but take it out of the COVID world and that's I think one of the big reasons most of us do play poker is that you do get to meet people and have good conversations at the table. 
Sure, like with anything, you never know who that next person you meet is going to be in your life. You just never know. I, you know, when I walked through the front doors of a country club to get a job as a busboy back in, you know, 1990, I didn't know I was going to meet my wife. You yep. know what I mean? And it's like, holy cow, that's, you know, that's you can trace it right back to the moment you met the person. And now in poker, you might meet the, the investor that you needed to change your fortune. You might meet your best friend. You might meet your your partner in life. Who knows? So. Uh, that's the beauty of it. Like you said, it's to get out there and uh, every day can be a new adventure when you're playing poker. It just depends on uh, how often you want to do it. I'm still a little salty that they hired you as that busboy instead of me. I had nailed that interview, but oh well. <laughs> yeah, but you don't look like this. So. <laughs> <laughs> he says on an audio show. <laughs> oh, man. I think it's the right. logo. <laughs> I think it's how much taller I am than you in the logo. <laughs> so you're standing on that milk crate. <laughs> uh, all right, poker is an individual game, but it can be cutthroat and lonely. Having this family that you could go around uh, with was great. Uh, from Barney Boatman. So yeah, I know Barney Boatman. Yeah, that um, it's interesting if when you break this quote down, it's an individual game, and it's cutthroat and lonely. So those make you sad, right? But then he's like, but then you have this family that you can go around with. So I'm like, well, which is it? If you have the family, how lonely can it be? It must be he must mean you know afterward you can consult with them and talk with them and and travel with them and that kind of thing to help make it more uh, you know it's interesting it's it's a sad quote it makes you sad when he first says it and then I guess well, he rallies again, it. It's glass half full, glass half empty. So I'll give you the glass half full version of it is that uh, there is some uh, family like atmosphere of poker. I mean, you get to again going back to that last quote. You know, you get to know these people in your home game or, or people you're on the circuit with and you get together at the bar afterwards and go over hands and so you feel like you're part of something, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, when you're playing, you are playing for yourself. Um, so think of this in terms of like a football game when the kicker shanks that last field goal after you go 80 yards um, with in the two-minute drill, right, and you lose, um, and you're an offensive lineman, or no, let me say that, a linebacker, right? So you're not even on the field then, and the kicker is the reason you lost, right? That that can't happen in poker. I mean, if you lose in poker, it's because of you, and if you win in poker, it's because of you. But then you also have that family outside of it as well, too. So that, yeah. that, that's the glass-half-full version of that. It's just weird because my family doesn't have anyone in it that wants to drain my bank account whenever they can. <laughs> You know, I mean, yeah, you're my family, but if we're sitting across each other and I got the nuts, I'm going to take every dime you have. Sorry, Dad. It's off your uh, wagon wheel. Sorry, Dad. You're going to go on food stamps. <laughs> but, but it was great to have you with me when we were playing. <laughs> but no, it's a great quote. It's just, it's it's pretty deep at one point of it, you know. Okay. Uh, I love poker and probably always will. Sam Trickett. The, the probably is the best word. <laughs> it is the best part of it. <laughs> like, of course we all love poker now, and we can't imagine not playing it, but eh, maybe there's a day that we're going to decide we don't like it anymore. I can imagine it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't remember the last time you and I sat down at a table. I mean, yeah, I can't remember it. It's been a long, long time. Yeah, I know. So, um, Freaking COVID. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, uh, again, to keep the show going, I'm going to talk more about this CDC Gaming Report interview I had. <laughs> I mean, he, he asked me what, um, uh, you know, more about 2021, what to expect. And, um, you know, one of the things I said was, I, I you know, 
once we get that vaccine in wide use and we get to the, you know, whatever they, the herd immunity that they, they think they need, that uh, a lot of these limitations we have no longer are, are necessary, right? Um, it's going to be interesting to see which ones of them continue. Like, for example, um, I've always said in the beginning, I'm like, the temperature checks I love, no yeah. matter where I go, right? Yeah. Even if it means I have to skip dinner one night because I'm having a, you know, slightly... A fever I didn't know about, right? And I'm like, all right, good. I'm not getting anybody sick, so let me I'll go to McDonald's instead, right? But um, so, so having that like as an ongoing thing in poker rooms and casinos, I think is going to be fantastic. What will be interesting for me um, would be whether these plexiglass dividers stick around. Uh, I'm going to assume there are going to be some rooms once you again once you get to that whatever that magic number date is yeah. <laughs> that will dismantle them. But I don't think all of them will. I think some will leave those plexiglass dividers up, and uh, and I don't think um, uh, every player is going to hate that. Um, you know, we, I did talk in the interview, like we talked on the show, that the one thing that I'm intrigued by by the plexiglass dividers is not having those two uh, space hog guys on either side of me taking up all my space at the table. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, you know, I haven't played on the plexiglass dividers yet, but I'm intrigued by that, and that might be something that I am. I would want to see continue, but I don't know. So, but, well, this uh, is America. I think you're forgetting this is America, <laughs> and no plexiglass is going to keep me from my freedom. <laughs> Those will come down. I guarantee it. Eventually, well, I mean, yeah, they'll come down in some rooms. But do, do you really think every room is going to take them yeah, down? Yeah, I really do. In my heart, I really believe everyone will come down. It'll be their kind of way of saying we're back and life is normal again, and blah blah blah. I, okay. I really do. I think they're going to get pressure from the Muraka crowd. And I think that they will come down. I think when we've reached a point where you're walking around Walmart and you're, aside from seeing guns on half the people there, you know, when they're not wearing their masks, I do believe it. I believe that those those plastic things are coming down. Um, are you still there? Yeah, yeah. No. Well, it's just well the reason why I asked is because I, I, it got quiet for a second, and then like on our file, your little cursor went away, <laughs> and I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> this got loose internet. Um, so the other thing I want to say, oh, there you are, okay. So the other thing I want to say was um, uh, the temperature checks are very interesting because when they use the gun to do it, and they're not actually putting like a thermometer in your mouth, they're using the gun. If you come out of the car and you had the air conditioning blasting on your face, it will bring your temperature. I I went, when my mom was was, uh, in the hospital and I went to go see her, and they took my temperature to make sure that I can go in to see her, my temperature was 92 (laughs) <laughs> oh my god! And it was because I had the air conditioning blowing on my face for a twenty-minute ride from my place to the hospital, and so it didn't work. I mean, they're like, "Okay, you don't have a fever." I'm like, "Well, yeah, but if I had ninety-two, I'd be dead." So how do you know it? You know, I mean, you don't know I have a fever. So, and, and the reverse is the case too. I've uh, I've had to uh, wait in the blood bus. Uh, for my temperature to come down because I drove there in the convertible with ninety-eight degrees. Yeah, right? you got so hot. Baking, and I walked in there, and they're like. Yeah, you're probably just hot from the, the day. So I'm like, you know, five minutes later, they took my temperature again, and I was back in the in the range where I could give. So yeah, you're right. But uh, yeah, you know, I, all right. So I guess if I get a a false fever, I might be upset about that. But generally speaking, <laughs> I just think we're going to be a, a healthier society if we keep sick people out of public places as much as possible. Yeah, so. I agree. And not everyone's going to have the AC blasting as they go to the poker room or the heat blasting as they go to the poker room. I'm just saying that if somebody who's a desperate gambler really wants to get in there and play in this tournament or whatever, he's going to hit the AC on the way there to make sure if he doesn't feel that good and he wants to play. You know, I mean, I don't or put it past anyone. Before he gets in, yeah. Yeah. 
No, no I, I mean, you're not going to be able to prevent illness. I just, it's interesting to think that before COVID, no one would ever think about doing a temperature check at That's a public, right? right. And, and now it just, I mean, the wearing of the mask, I mean, which I, I, I you know, I'm doing it or you should do it. Um, that that's still weird to me when I see like you know the host of Saturday Night Live come out wearing a mask and I'm just thinking like 20 years from now we're gonna look back and maybe that's gonna look weird or maybe it's not I don't know but yeah. uh, but temperature checks just seem like something that it, had they started that before COVID I'd be like huh okay that's cool I think the the strangest part of that statement was that you actually watch Saturday Night Live still <laughs> oh it's fantastic still gosh oh, get- God please. Oh my god, the cold open this week was oh my gosh, you would have loved it. <laughs> I'm sure I'll catch it on YouTube. Yes, you should. You should. It was fantastic. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, is it my turn now? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. As long as I give myself enough shots, odds are I'll make a final table again. Sam Razavi. Again, we have the water is wet and the sky is blue quote. <laughs> the odds are you'll make another final table. Oh, yeah, yeah, if you play so, enough. Uh, Sam, why didn't why didn't you make the final table? Well, I didn't play the tournament, so but. Um, had I played though, I might play. in enough universes with enough typewriters and enough monkeys, someone will type Hamlet. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh my God, you're killing me! Oh man, Scott's COVID. Stay away. Yep, no, that's tuberculosis. Don't oh, <laughs> smell that smoke in the cigars. Don't inhale, kids. I haven't had a cigar forever. It's been freezing here in Florida. Isn't that when you have them? Well, I, I, I don't smoke them inside. I smoke them outside. So. Yeah, I know. So what? Go out there and let the cigar keep you warm. You know, you know how much of a wuss I am about the weather. So. Yeah, that's true. It's that's below true. 70. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> so are you going to, like, now, you know, dissect this quote and try to make it Im- Im- important to us, or is it pretty obvious? It's the same it? quote that I just read? No, no. It's <laughs> okay. Probably- Probably the weakest quote on the list. All right. Uh, I think one of my strengths is that I don't really tilt, ever. Said an enraged Jay Cody. <laughs> <laughs> He's flipping over tables. Uh, all right, you know that's great. If you if you really don't, uh, I I honestly have not met anybody who hasn't tilted um, or doesn't tilt. I mean, we're human beings. You know, you're there's something's going to tilt you at some point. Um, but to his uh, point, though, the the more you can control that tilt, the better off you're going to be. Um, so I don't know if it's that he doesn't tilt. He, he might mean that he just handles it better than the rest of us do. Well, and he had the word that's, really. That's great. Yeah. He said he doesn't really tilt. He's covered himself with really there. Because <laughs> I've tilted, just not really tilted, you know. He that's lists. It. He just doesn't tilt. <laughs> I tilt every time I come on, we're having chicken again for dinner. I mean, it's getting ridiculous. 47 <laughs> days in a row with chicken. Okay, last one. I didn't make my first final table for four years. Chris Mormon. Yeah, so I, uh, you know, I, I, if you go to the calvinair.com and read the, the these quotes, it, there's context for all of them, right? So right. I, I didn't put on the on the show file, but um, the the point that they're making here is that you think of Chris Mormon now is one of the uh, the best players around, right? So to uh, think that a player of that caliber uh, took four years to make a final table is, uh, or at least the the idea is that that's somewhat shocking, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's to let you know that. You know, it takes time to be good, as good as he is. So don't have these unrealistic expectations of your ability. And two, you know, you have a lot of respect for the perseverance of someone who stuck with it that long, who couldn't make a final table to save his life for four years. Think about how long four years is. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then you you, you never even make a final table. So, and now he's like one of the best players, if not, you know, the best online player of all time. And he's just phenomenal. So, um, lot lot to extract from that. Uh, it's not exactly quote 
worthy. It's just a great lesson. Um, and you know the other thing too, you could say um, to um, the, the the reverse of our, our friend Tony Cousineau, who we, we've interviewed before, right? Who has who had the record for the most final tables for a while. I don't know if he still does, right? At yeah. the World Series, yeah, um, without winning the bracelet. Is, yeah, but his knock is he's never won a bracelet, right? Yeah. So you know, we talk how many times have we talk about here? Like you're in the tournament to win it, not to make the final table. So if that's your strategy. Yeah, you're probably not going to make as many final tables as somebody who's happy to min cash um, or just make the final table, and then um, and then hope that you win. So you know, there could be a strategy involved there as well too. So right. I don't think you can p- compare two poker players that play a different style um, on making a final table or not making a final table. Agreed. Excellent. Hopefully, that's the last quote you'll ever hear from us. <laughs> I seriously doubt it. I think Paul's working on something else for next week, so we'll see. All right. All right, here's this week's um, update as it is, such as it is, <laughs> on casinos and poker room reopenings. No poker rooms have reopened this past week. Yeah, we should this call them the, the no openings. Time, right? It's the no opening segment of our show. <laughs> and not terribly surprised that there haven't been any openings. I mean, there have been a lot of temporary closings this week, so not the best time to be opening a room. Um, although I did, uh, just before the show started, I did see that uh, this new casino in Philadelphia – has announced that, or not, uh, has not announced, but has made it known that they will have a 29 um, table poker room when they open, um, or, or eventually they're planning on it. it yeah. yeah. COVID and everything. So, so there we go. That's a little bit of excitement for you. That, Yay. So, so, not accounting for the recent temporary closings, we still have 209 reopened poker rooms in the United States. And uh, once again, I remind you, antiupmagazine.com slash reopen. List verified details and casino poker room reopenings. And if you have updates, email us at editor at antiupmagazine.com and uh, sign up for our weekly e blast on the homepage at antiupmagazine.com. I, I love this specific 209 number. It reminds me of when I was canvassing years ago and I was walking through like a condo complex and the speed limit was 11 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they can, they, what I've been told is they can't, uh, the reason they do that is because it's not a real road so that you can't use any of the, um, approved speed limits. <laughs> so that's why it's 11 instead of 10. That's hilarious. That doesn't even make sense. 15. Yeah. It doesn't even make sense. Oh, man. It, I saw another one 12, too. I think it was on like consecutive days. So I like, posted it on Facebook on back-to-back days. A very specific 12 miles an hour. Yes, and, and you know that HOA had a big fight over whether it's 11 or 12 or 13, right? <laughs> that's right. Absolutely. I mean, you can't even. I can't even. I don't. I'm not having one of those digital ones. I have an analog car. I wouldn't even know how fast yeah, I was going. Oh, I don't know if that's 11 or 12. I can't tell. I think at 11 though, you could be like Michael Scott in the office and run past the little radar gun and see if you can <laughs> trigger it at, yes. at 11. Right? It's one of the very few seasons that I did see of that show. I, I got tired of it pretty quick. You know, every time I see one of those, I try to recreate that. And I can never get it to work. So I think it's a little. <laughs> Hollywood magic. See, we got to get some of that on Facebook. we got to get a video of you doing that. After you win your election, we're going to have you running past it. Yeah, I can do that. I can do that. All right. Any updates? Papes, the Any Up Fans free online tournament series on PokerStars Play Money site, is available everywhere. Details on how to join can be found at bit.ly slash P-A-I-P-S. Games are on the 6th, 16th, and 26th of every month and rotate disciplines with the main tournament followed by a second chance event. PokerStars lets you claim 15,000 chips every four hours. Join the Any Up Fans group Facebook page and post within the group to get feedback on hands, ask call the floor questions, and just discuss anything poker. Check out our 11 vintage Any Up logo designs on merchandise at com slash shop. 
You can buy t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, phone and laptop cases, coffee and drink mugs, and much more with your choice of the Annie Up Magazine, Annie Up PokerCast, or Annie Up Poker Tour logos. If you have a hand of the week, listener spotlight, or call the floor submission, email us at podcast at com or post in the Annie Up Fans group on Facebook. Got a new O'Malley's move? Here it comes. Hello, and welcome to another O'Malley's Move. I'm Malcolm O'Malley. This week we are playing $1, $2, No Limit Hold'em at our regular home game. The game is six-handed. The host has upped the max buy-in, which is now 300 Everybody bought in for the max, and we've been playing for about two hours. We sit with 350 The blinds post, the under-the-gun folds, the plus-one calls, the cutoff calls, and we're on the button with the ace of diamonds, ten of spades. This is a decent hand six-handed, and I'd like to narrow the field significantly. We make it $10 to go. The standard raise is 3x, and we account for the limpers. The blinds fold, the plus one calls, but the cutoff folds. There's $25 in the pot, and the flop is the 10 of diamonds, 8 of diamonds, 6 of diamonds. This is a great flop for our hand. We have top top with the ace flush draw. The plus one checks... The plus one is a solid player, but knows how to adjust based on table dynamics. He likes to play speculative hands, but can release them if necessary. I'm a little concerned about the wet flop, but since we have the ace of diamonds, I'm willing to get it in here. We make it $15 to go, and the plus one calls immediately. Could this be king of diamonds X? There's $55 in the pot, and the turn is the tray of clubs. A complete blank. The plus one checks, and we bet $30. He once again instantly calls, almost beating us into the pot. This feels like the king of diamonds. The pot now stands at 115, and the river is the four of diamonds. Once again, our opponent checks. It's value time. We count out a bet of just over half pot, $60, and slide it into the middle. I hope you don't have what I think you have, our opponent says. I'm all in. So... We've put in 115 of our $350 stack. It's 155 to call to win 385. What's the move? It's time for the advancedpokertraining.com hand of the week. Send your hands or situations to podcast at antiupmagazine.com. If you haven't won something from us in the past year, you'll get a free membership to Advanced Poker Training, the world's number one poker training site. This week, Chris uh, comes from uh, our old friend Steve Comey. Um, lives out in Vegas. I think he came to a couple more meetups out there. So yeah, or at least he used to live out there. I don't want to say he still lives out there because who knows? But um, he says, uh, "All right." He says, "I don't want to be results oriented." And want to know if I made the right call in his hand. This is a WSOP.com online dollar turbo sit and go. Well, there's your answer. If he plays on WSOP.com, he lives in Vegas or Jersey or whatever, right? So he's yeah, unless he moved to Jersey, which I doubt. Or visited. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think yeah. we, I think we've got our answer. All right, blinds are seventy-five, one fifty. We're down to six players. He's second in chips with three thousand nine hundred and fifty-five, um, and uh, it looks like it's folded to us in the undergun plus one slash middle position slash hijack with the king of diamonds, queen of hearts. <sighs> well, that's a pretty decent hand when you're that far into the table. It'd be one thing if we were under the gun or whatever, but um, I mean, if we're, you know, if we're in pretty good shape and we have enough 
you know, it's only six players, I think you said, left. So yep. in this case, their hand is exponentially stronger than it would have been if it was a full ring. So I don't mind raising. Um, it's what? 75, 150. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, 10% of my stack would be basically 400. So maybe a raise to 400, 450, 400 maybe, something like that. Because it's only six players and you're, it's already full to us. So, you know, it's only like three guys left. Well, there's the cutoff, too. So, one, two. So, yeah, I guess we're not really... I mean, it's only one person's fold is six-handed, so... Yeah. I think I'll still make it to 3x, then probably make it 450. Yeah, once we get down to six-handed, then you got to you know, open up your starting hand range a little bit. I mean, normally, this is a hand that I would be worried about getting counterfeited pretty easily and, and throw away, but um, especially in a turbo, too. I mean, you got to keep the pressure on. You, you can't wait for hands in turbos. So a couple things, you know, those two things make this hand a little bit different than they would in a uh, in any other situation. So so definitely raising, raising whatever the um, um, uh, normal raises. So, I mean, normally I would do two and a half here, but... Uh, you know, whatever you yeah. normally do. So. Yeah, so four, four, between 4 and 450, anywhere in that range, I'd be I'd be happy with that raise. All right, our hero min raises to 300. He says min raises have been as effective as any other raise. I'm like, all right, if that's the point, then, then that's fine. So, Because, um, again, I mean, the reason you raise is to um, affect action, and if uh, you, so you want to raise as little as possible to get the same result, right? That's the, sure. straight out of Jonathan Little's mouth. Especially online when they can put it on auto fold you know yeah. what i mean they're already folding and getting out of the way then why risk 450 when you can do it for 300 but if that if that works if it doesn't work then i'd go with the like scott said 2.5 or 3x exactly all right the cutoff and button fold uh but the small blind with 1425 in chips and the big blind who's a chip leader with 5684 chips both call how do you have 84 chips how's that well, even possible that uh, 79 chips at some point. To, but there's no dollar chips in the thing. How do you... I don't understand. I remember Scott used to say you make the big stack of the nine, but I, I don't I don't get it. All right, so... That's what would happen. So. Well, this is good news. We're in position against blinds and, you know, we've got the, the people behind us folding, so this is good. We're going to have position the rest of the hand. We have two big cards, and uh, we've got to be careful of that small blind, though. Anybody who at fourteen twenty-five and called three hundred, could be looking to just do one of those stop and goes, and now shove yeah. on us. So, it's very likely that that small blind is getting the the chips in. Yeah, yeah, we've got to be careful here. Um, okay, so the flop is the tray of hearts, eight of hearts, deuce of diamonds, and it checks to us. Well, I, I we took control of the hand. We can't now let them know we missed this flop. We can totally have pocket tens, nines, you know aces doesn't matter we raise for a reason not just because we're unpaired cards so i would follow this with a bet um probably two-thirds the size of the pot whatever that would be now so we had three three nine hundred so it was about a thousand in the pot so i'd probably bet i don't know six six hundred maybe five six hundred Yep, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to bet here, and uh, yeah, about a half pot is is about what I would do too. So, yeah. all right, uh, that's exactly what our hero does. He uh, bets half the pot, and both players call. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah. So now, now we start worried about straight and flush draws uh, since they called. So we'll see what happens here with this turn card, which is the four of hearts. So our board now is a tray of hearts, eight of hearts, two of diamonds. Four hearts, pretty much the worst card that could come. Well, it sucks, but it does give us the third nut 
out if we get unless somebody has a straight flush. But um, you know, we we have the third nut out now. Um, so I mean that that helps. Plus two overs, and they're che- did you say they checked us right? Uh, no, I did not. But oh. that's what. They did. Okay, they checked us. Okay, yeah. so I don't know. I don't mind checking behind. I mean, it, you know, if you spike a king, a queen, or a heart on the river, that'd be great. If not, they may take a stab at it on the end, and you didn't really invest that much into this pot. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if I want because it they could be getting tricky, and they could be hoping that you bet now when they've hit it. And so I don't mind checking behind here, pot control. You know, that way you have a chance to call a, a spiked king or a queen bet on the river or something. So I don't mind checking behind. Um, yeah, a little part of me says I don't mind betting too. It's just, yeah. you know, yeah, it's 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 not exactly a great card for us, but it's not a bad card. You, you made it the worst card ever, but I, I think it's not a bad card. It gives us a, an out to a flush that yeah, they may or may not good. have. It's just, you know, we were looking ahead, and I was looking at flush and straight possibilities, and the four completes both of those. So that's yeah. that's where it gets difficult. But you're right. We do have the the, the Queen of Heart uh, back up here that um, hopefully would be good if he got there. I mean, we don't know. But, um, but you know, we haven't been played back at all at all this entire hand, so it's hard to imagine there's an ace or a king out there. Um, so... That uh, that heart does come on the river, I would feel fairly confident that we're good. Yeah, I mean the only thing that would give me pause is an ace, the random ace. That's why they called the raise preflop because they had an ace, and then you know it wasn't a big ace, otherwise it would have raised probably or re-raised maybe or shove for the small blind. So well, I'm thinking you got to look out for the wheel, but if you hit your heart, it doesn't matter. But then if you hit your heart, you got to look out for the ace of hearts, which is why they stayed in the hand in the first place. So. It's going to be, if a heart comes, there's going to be some gut check time, but, um, you know, I, I think I'd be comfortable, especially if a small blind does it, then it's I'm still alive if I am wrong with the call. If the big blind does it, then you're really worried because you're out of the tournament. Uh, but I think I'll check behind. Yeah, I, I could make a very compelling case for both uh, betting and checking here. So I think you, you covered most of it. I mean, uh, it, it is an interesting card. Um, this is pot control. We can improve on the river, so that would be the case for checking. Um, the fact that no one's shown any interest in this hand yet, though, make, kind of makes me want to bet um, and find out. Uh, what would be interesting to me is if we could bet here and small blind shoves and drives a big blind out, um, depending on what the small blind has. That would be a benefit, I think, here to, to betting. If that happens and the big blind raises too, then then we got to get out of this hand. I think so. Um, so some interesting points to be made for for betting here as well too. I think in the moment I would probably uh, check. But okay. Uh, all right. Our uh, hero says the uh, four hearts gives me some more outs. It's checked me again. I don't have anything but a flush draw. The four didn't help anyone's hand, and since they called, I'm probably behind. Could be ace rag of hearts or already made flush. So I just check. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if I agree with everything he said there, but I agree with the check. I mean, I, um, what did he say? He said didn't help anyone. But how do you know? Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm. I mean, if he said five that flush, clubs. it obviously had to help someone, right? So, right. Um, yeah. So, um, and the fact that they didn't bet doesn't mean it didn't help them. It just means that they were waiting for us to bet. So that's the other reason that you check behind. So right, exactly. Um, all right, well, the river is the Ace of Hearts, so our final board is Tray of Hearts, Eight of Hearts, Deuce of Diamonds, Four of Hearts, Ace of Hearts, an interesting card, and uh, the small blind moves all in for 675, and the big blind calls. Yeah, I mean, th- this is, uh, 
This is a good card. The only hand you're afraid of is some sort of king jack of hearts that called your raise preflop and then flopped a hard draw. And interesting that they would have checked that flop, but when the turn came, now they checked us, hoping that we would bet and bluff at you know, and then we could check raises or whatever. But because I don't think that a king jack of hearts would be afraid of another heart on the end. I think they'd want to get value for their hand and and hope that you've taken control. So you've bet the first street, you might bet the second street because it came as another undercard, and now you'd want to protect against it. So that's why they check to you. So the only hand I'm afraid of really here is something like King Jack, King Ten of Hearts. I don't think of like King Nine or something like that called a raise. I think they would have just gotten out of the way, especially for the small blind because that's a huge part of his stack to call a raise Yeah, with. small blind has to have a better hand than that. Yeah. So I feel like uh, we're probably in the clear here other than King Jack or King Ten. So you'd have to really... So let me see. You said small blind moved all in for six seventy five, and the big blind just called. I think I would just call. I don't know if I would re-raise here because the big the chip leader may be getting tricky. If he had the ace, the uh, king of hearts, if, if he somehow did, he might be saying if I if I shove, I might not get this guy to call his extra six seventy five here, whatever it was, and then also. If we just call, you might get uh, us to induce because we had aces or something. You no, know, three aces to might shove. So I think he could be tricky. So I don't want to open up the betting when I don't have the nuts. I, I I think I would just call here. Yeah, this is a fascinating situation because uh, with small blind being all in now. So you know, if the small blind is the one that has the king of heart, our only chance of making money on this hand is to get the big blind to commit to some more chips, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Likewise, if the big blind is the one with the king of hearts, uh, he absolutely has to do what he did there: is call and hope that we come along. Because why would he raise here, and unless he thought that we had the hand we have and my call, right? So that's what's really interesting here: is trying to figure out uh, which one of these two has the king of hearts. If if either of them do, um, and if neither of them do, then then we definitely should raise here and try to get some more money. So. Uh, the way it's played out, it doesn't def- definitely seems that we're up against. Um, I, I've got to think two flushes, right? I mean, it's just really difficult for the big blind to call here if he doesn't have a heart as well, right? Well, the other thing is that they stayed all babies and they hit the ace on the end. And we talked earlier about yeah, yeah. calling raises with you know with the small blind at such a small stack, probably having a suited ace. And now maybe the big blind or the, the whatever whoever had the, yeah the big blind was a chip leader, so. Maybe he has another ace, and he's hit aces up. You know what I mean? So it could be one has aces up, one has a big, a decent ace, one has a wheel. Who knows? But I, I you know, it could be ace five. Um, but I, I don't see myself folding the second nuts if you don't. Is there a yeah, except for the you know the steel well, wheel or something? And again, but. what we always say too is you when you make a bet, you look at it whether if you're only going to get raised by or called by a better hand, right, or raised by a raised better by, hand. Yeah. So. So at this point, I mean, what what's going to call our bet, our raise here on the river that we can beat, right? So, I mean, we, I think we're really down to him having the jack of hearts, the ten of hearts. Yeah. That's maybe it, right? Yeah. Um, you know, unless he has two hearts and felt a little bit more powerful, but even that, that doesn't mean anything now with the, the fourth heart. So, so yeah, I think um, the, there's not a lot of hands that we're going to get more money out of this big blind for that don't have his beat, so... I think begrudgingly, as, as intriguing as the situation is, I think I'm just going to have to call and, and uh, hope that I 
knock the small blind out and, and rake in the nice pot here. Well, you're, you're playing really loose with uh, fascinating and intriguing for this hand of the week, i got to tell you. <laughs> it's pretty loose interpretations of those words, but sure. <laughs> well, I, I think anytime there's an all-in player, I think it, it adds a level of complexity to the hand and, and sometimes a level of simplicity, too. But this one, I think, makes it a little bit more um, complex. Because yeah, because that. if that person has the hand that wins, you want to get chips somehow out of this. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was trying yeah, to say. Yeah. It's fascinating, Chris. Yeah, it's fascinating, man. Some might even say intriguing. Yeah, you know, I've read fantastic novels, and I've read wonder, watched wonderful movies, but this was a fascinating <laughs> week, i got to tell you. <laughs> All right, our hero says, the only card that beats me is the King of Hearts. Could one of them have it? Would they have called out a position with the King of Hearts? Maybe with King of Hearts, Exo Hearts? Calling leaves me 2500 Should I re-raise? I use my time bank, which is only 30 seconds. At the last second, I make the call. Just one, one thing, uh, the five deuce of hearts beats you, too. Just, no, that's just true, steel yeah. wheel, just to say. But okay, go ahead. All right, uh, small blind has the ace deuce of clubs, and the big blind has the ace tray of diamonds, and we win with the flush. Wow, they both had aces up. Holy cow, that's crazy. It really makes sense now that you look at it that way too. But uh, but it's also a little bit. I mean, I guess obviously that's why the big blind only called and not raised because you're not confident. Uh, the four card flush. If, Four card flush out there, right? But but you get two pair, and you, so you get showdown value, right? Yeah. And obviously the, the small blind had to shove there. I mean, but again, so all right. So this is the question now, though: is if we had bet on the river, would the big blind have called there? I don't think so. Probably one heart. Not. One heart. Probably. No. Yeah. That's why like he could call because it was it was only yeah. six hundred to win a bunch, and yeah. you know he thought maybe somebody could have been bluffing at it, and he was table captain he was chip leader he had to make the call but we we are now the chip leader i think after that that was a nice little hand there yeah yeah all right so our hero says uh, right decision uh by results it was i did go on to win the tournament i uh, haven't been doing too bad at wshop.com i put no money in started playing free rolls cashed a few times to win five cents here 20 cents there maybe deep enough to make a dollar plus eventually i have a couple bucks to try the dollar sit and goes and up to 30 dollars playing free rolls 25 cent and 10 cent multi-tables and dollar sitting goes and uh i want to remind us that he's a long-time listener since the five minute show number one and still around and he enjoys the show because we're the average recreational poker players like most of us keep up the banter and hopefully he'll go on a cruise with us uh one day that would be nice i think uh steve's gonna go wire to wire with us i think uh, he'll be there for the end too <laughs> hey thanks for the hand steve much appreciated i'm chris casenza and i'm scott long we'll see you at the tables Anti-Up is a production of AntiUpMagazine.com. Contact the show at podcast at AntiUpMagazine.com. If you'd like to advertise, send an email to advertising at AntiUpMagazine.com or call 727-331-4335. Some music used in this episode comes courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.